Hey friends, you guys just listened to me go on a little spiel about Anchor. Well, when you listen to that, it helps us make a little money, a penny at a time. This money is going to be put towards buying microphones for the podcast to help make the sound quality become more enjoyable for you guys. We appreciate everything you guys do for us. We would also like to be clear that the music you hear on this podcast is not ours. We do not own the rights to any of it. Teddy is working on making the official Roughnecks podcast audio, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Our podcast is meant to be comical, informational, interesting, and hopefully sometimes all of the above. If anything we say offends you, just know it's not intentional. Hope you enjoy this week's episode. But before we get into this week's episode, make sure you stop what you're doing. Go follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Share our episode using the hashtag, hashtag Podcast. We are out on many platforms now, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. Go subscribe, rate, and review. Leave an honest review because that we appreciate any feedback we get from you guys. If you ever have a topic idea, a question for Teddy or Cole, or just want to be a special guest, then email us at roughnextpodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram. But now it is time to get into this week's episode. We're back here in what we like to call our makeshift studio, which is basically a room in the basement of Edwards Gymnasium here on Ohio Wesleyan University uh, that we like to call the Dungeon. This is episode seven, and we have yet again another special guest. Joining us today, we have a student coach at Ohio Wesleyan University, uh, Max Mardarski. Before we get into this episode, though, we do have some news from the Roughnecks podcast. Thanks to Max's girlfriend, Chase Patton, we are doing a free t-shirt giveaway. This will be the first ever merchandise made for the Roughnecks. Not even Teddy or I have ever had anything. There are two things that you must do to be able to enter. Go on Instagram, follow us at Roughnecks Podcast. Once you have done that, share this episode on any form of your social media with the hashtag, hashtag Roughnecks Podcast. Screenshot that, send it to us either by messaging us on Instagram or emailing us at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com. We will send back a confirmation letting you know you have successfully entered. We, have, we will stop accepting entries at 10 a.m. on Friday, October 30th, and the winner will be announced at 1 p.m. on the exact same day. The winner is going to be selected randomly. Now, to get into this week's episode with Mr. Max Mardarski. To start, give us a little background on yourself, where you're from, what you're doing now, where you plan to be, etc., etc. Yeah, so, uh, well, I'm Max Mardarski. For those of you that don't know me, I'm from Hilliard, Ohio, about 30 minutes south of here. I uh, was recruited here to be a place kicker. Uh, had two hip labrum surgeries uh, within a three month span my freshman year, so can't play anymore. So, been a student coach since uh, spring, fall of 2018. Um, been doing that for the past three years and hope to get a D1 GA job. In the next couple months. Can you explain exactly everything that happened with your hip labrum? Sure. So. And actually, explain your rehab process too. That's what this, that was my that first was. question. All right. Um, well. And what a labrum is to people. Gotcha. So, um, to be honest, so everybody knows that there's a, not everybody, most people know that there's a labrum in your arm and in your shoulder. Uh, I never knew that there was a labrum in your hip, and it's actually kind of funny when I figured out that it was torn. I went into a staff meeting that all the coaches were in, and I'm like, "Hey, just got my MRI back, and I have a torn hip labrum." Coach Watson's like, 
there's a fucking leg room in your hip, I'm going to cuss, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, <laughs> it's all personal, so, I guess. Uh, I told him that, and then, uh, well, first of all, let's back it up. I did a month of rehab without getting an MRI with the trainers, um, so that didn't really go over well with me. Um, figured out it was torn, so there were a couple options. I could either keep doing rehab, see if it got better, um, or get surgery. So I decided to get surgery, and it was an hour and a half surgery where they go in, they put you in this contraction where they pull your hip apart, and so they can get into the labrum, which I forgot to explain. The labrum is a piece of cartilage in between your bone because your hip is a ball and socket joint. So it goes between the bone and it makes sure that the bone just glides evenly between it um, and so your bones don't rub together. So they repaired that. It was all good. was two weeks ahead of schedule my rehab. Basically what my rehab was was I had to be... Um, ba- I was basically mobile for the first, like... <laughs> all right <laughs> for the first like two weeks so get home just lay in a recliner um and barely taking any steps on crutches uh for four weeks and then in a brace for six weeks um my rehab was basically just going in there doing a lot of mobility stuff um Every night, my mom had to hold my leg and move it in a circle to get my hip mobility back in place for 15 minutes, and she bitched at me because apparently my leg was heavy, even though... Did you weigh, like, 90 pounds? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Soaking wet. Yeah, exactly. So, did all that, um, started advancing more towards rehab, was just about to get to the point where I was about to start running again, and my PT guy was like, hey... You're going to have to send me videos of you kicking, and we can incorporate more things into you kicking. One of the big things with tearing your hip labrum is the hardest thing to come back from is kicking and ice skating. Because there's a lot of hip mobility with kicking and ice skating, apparently. Who the fuck ice skates? I'm a, I've went once. Nah, man. If you're Bad fucking hot skating, it gets weird. Oh, good point. Well, now, if you want to fight on skates. About a week after he told me that... Um, when I retore it, and I'm going to tell you the true story on how I retore my hip labor, but not the story it. that all the coaches <laughs> think how I tore it. If you want to be honest well, with you, you want to be honest with you, coaches listening. I didn't so even you really know want you, them to know it. I didn't oh, even yeah. know you <laughs> tore it twice. Oh yeah, it hurt. When you tear your hip labor, you feel it. Yeah. The worst pain in the world. I screamed both times. Um, so, so the second time was a, a good story. No. Or were you like Gabe Miller and you fucking kicked the ball and all of a sudden you had a torn ACL? Well, that's how I tore it the first time. It was in warm-ups of a game. Didn't go see the trainers because they're like, I was thinking, why would they want to take care of a backup kicker during a game? Um, anyway, back to the second time I tore it. It was at a Thursday morning lift, 6 a.m. lift. Okay, Whoa. So I can't Whoa. do anything. Just standing there watching. Watching Shane Quinn run laps around people because he was an animal back then. He was not. He was running faster than everybody. What were we doing? Running straight. That's Shane Quinn has never been a fast guy. He's been a quick guy. He's never been a fast <laughs> guy. Well, when he was a safety, he didn't have as much weight on. Oh, I forgot he was. He was running faster than you, that's for sure. I forgot Shane. Teddy probably wasn't running either. He's probably standing up <laughs> beside you. I was always healthy during offseason. Made no goddamn sense. <laughs> so, standing there. It's a Thursday before spring break my freshman year. 
me and my buddies planned this trip to go to... Uh, Before your freshman year? What? No, my freshman year of college. So this is summer after your freshman year? No, this is, this is the spring Thursday break. Before spring break of my freshman, freshman year. You don't listen. You really don't. Because when is it summer? <laughs> Fuck all you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, planned this trip to go to New York City. We were staying for free. First of all, spring break. Why are you going to New York City? We went City? for three days. And then where? Then came back, and then my family and I went to Florida. No. New York is not my ideal, like, spring not break destination. Buddies. No, it wasn't, but staying for free that is in true. the city. You're for drinking free. for free. Eating for free. Oh, shit, then yes. Still no. Okay. <laughs> New York City is a shithole. Well, you think everywhere is a shithole. Literally. No, no, no. Not, not everywhere. Unless it's in Texas. No, I would love to be in Montana. I would too. Montana? No, I want to go pictures. to Montana. Actually, if I were to ever get a job at like Montana State, I'd be there for the rest of my life. Really? Yeah. That would be like, that's in my top three for dream schools to coach at. Out west or North Carolina are like my places I'd love to go. No. Yeah. First of all, actually, since we're on that topic, what, where do you stand right now? What, what kind of fan are you? Are you a North Carolina guy or are you an Ohio State guy at the moment? No, I'm an Ohio State guy. I, when it came to football, I've always been Ohio State. Basketball. No, we used to sit in the room and watch North Carolina football games. We've watched North Carolina basketball games. No, we have watched North Carolina football games. If they were all, because we never got to watch Sam Ohio State. Howell, it was Sam Howell's first year. And you're like, fucking Sam Howell's really fucking good. And I was like, all right, he's kind of good. And he is kind of good. And JT Barrett or whatever Ohio State was Justin rolling. Fields. Because last year was last year is the only. And then base, basketball season rolled around, and we're watching North Carolina and Ohio State. Yes. I was like, dude, who? What is your fucking team here? Figure My it out. main team is Ohio State. Yes. As a goddamn lie, you have a North Carolina flag in the room. I also have an Ohio State flag. All right, back to Max's story. He was yeah. in New York. Yeah. So before we get to New York, oh, uh, before it was the Thursday morning lift at six a.m. Standing there as after we lifted, we were going into the field house to I think do testing. So I'm standing there waiting for you guys to come in. There's a tennis ball like I'm holding my hand. And I'm feeling great. So I wind up and pitch it like I'm in the MLB. Pitching. Swing my back leg over, which is my left leg, which is what I tore. As I swing it over, I feel the labrum tear. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my god. I just retore it. What is the coach's story? Coaches think that I tore it going to Clancy's dancing. Because here's the why people think that. Why does that think? Why do I feel like that's worse though? Like, I'd rather tell them I threw a tennis ball in Clancy's dancing. No, yeah, one hundred percent. So we went anyway. We went to New York. We walked like ten miles a day, so that didn't help it at all. Then flew back home early to go get it looked at. I got a uh, an ultrasound shot without the ultrasound. Oh. So I was laying there in the PT room with my surgeon with a needle that big in my hip, feeling it in my hip bone. That was fun. Realized it was torn. Gave me steroids. Went to Florida. Steroids didn't help. They gave you prednisone? I don't remember what it was, but it looked like birth control. Prednisone? Yeah. So came back, yeah. went to rehab again, and I'm like, look, I'm going to have surgery again. I already know that I'm going to. They're like, yeah. I'm like, can I make it any worse? He's like, well, you're a D3 backup kicker. I don't think you're making it to the NFL. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to play golf when I'm 30. He yeah. said, yeah, so get the surgery. If, 
You're already going to have the surgery so you don't have to baby it anymore. Do you think they fucked up the first time? No, my parents do. I don't think that. Because I felt amazing. The best my hip has ever felt. Because I, You actively feel your hip? What? Because I, I don't... I think my hips are just... But hip. here's the thing. When, when your labrum's torn, moving your leg like this hurts. Right. When I do it now, it feels like it's on ice. When it's I do it with smooth. this one, it clicks a little bit. Yeah. It's smooth. So, anyway... The reason why I think I tore the Clancy's is because after I figured out the only, like I can't get any worse, I would act like a normal college kid because I had my basically my freshman year taken away. Right. So I went out, had as much fun as I could. Which meant a lot out. Oh yes, a lot of dancing too. We still do not endorse underage drinking. No, he w- he's not underage. It was from our last episode, idiot. He's he wasn't all right. That's not the point. Oh, we're talking about we're talking about Bonner. Yes. Oh yeah. Idiot. Uh, this is why it takes me so long to edit these episodes. <laughs> and they're so fucking good. <laughs> so, had surgery again May 9th. Um, was in, got the late appointment at the surgery center, which I do not like. But as I went in, I knew like how to play the system a little bit to get a little bit more of an effect going in, so I told him I was really nervous, got really high. <laughs> My dad was sitting there like, re- reading me mind-blowing facts, and I'm just like, you need to chill out right now. <laughs> so, going to surgery, and I was told that my surgeon came out, ha- or sent a nurse out halfway through, came out and said, uh, the labrum's trashed, we gotta put in a, a new one, so it's gonna be another hour and a half. I don't know, some guy, he's dead. They actually did? Yeah, I got a six, seven millimeter graft in my hip. So you got a dead man's labrum. Yep. Well, that's that crazy. Named him Ricky. Ooh, Ricky. Yeah. How's that, that ain't gonna help you. No, it it's did. a dead labrum. Yeah. Well. So, I mean, dead ass. They really gave you a dead guy's labrum? Yeah. That's Some cartilage. Usually how that works, yeah. Yeah. Well, usually they just fucking. No, it's cartilage. Um, so. It was a three hour surgery. I wake up sitting straight up, which you're not supposed to be. You're supposed to be leaning back so your labrum can relax. So I was sitting straight up, woke up, and my face was chubby. I don't know why. <laughs> was not feeling it at all. Hurt. I was hurting so bad. Apparently, the surgeon came out to my parents after it was over, and they said, it was a bloodbath. Just kept saying the words, bloodbath. My parents were like, is he alive? <laughs> like, I don't know. So apparently, well, there was also... not enough blood in you. Yeah. You're fucking five foot three. Yeah, I know. So I was extremely high coming out. So then also, apparently, there was an F5 tornado going on while I was in surgery. Uh, so we sped, sped home, speeded home. Sped. 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 Okay. Sped. Don't speed it. Yeah. I speeded home. I sped home. Yeah. yeah, sped. I don't know. I don't really want to take academic advice from you. Yeah, neither. I was but really you do sound writing right. Writing papers. You do sound right, but uh, you're not the smartest crayon in the, or the brightest crayon in the box. It depends on what it is. <laughs> really good. Right, baby. Anyway, anyway we, we were going really fast. Home. Got home uh, and went to sleep. Took a Dilaudid because I was hurting really bad. This is where it gets interesting because I'm not very good at taking pills. And the pills I had to take were called Duexis, which is basically 600 milligrams of um, some anti-inflammatory like Tylenol or ibuprofen, yeah. something like that, mixed with 20, 200 milligrams of Pepsi to coat your stomach so it doesn't hurt. So I'm not very good at taking pills, so I would cut them in half and take them. I'd what do you mean them, you're not good at taking pills? Like I choke. 
Like I, I don't like some people just can't take. My yeah, some people just can't take pills. Yeah, it's weird. Mental. You can take pills. I can. I'm just not good at it. It takes me a while. So look at me, like motherfucker. You're going down. That's it. Boom. Take some water. I take shit without one. Well, look at you. Because I'm a normal human. Okay. You want a fucking high five or a cookie? You're not in this conversation <laughs> at the moment. It's me and Max. Okay. So, not going to take pills. Had to take these every eight hours. And the four hours in between, I would take Tylenol. So, basically doubling up, making sure there's no inflammation in my hip. Turns out when you cut them open, the Pepsi doesn't work. So, I got a stomach ulcer. Oh, this is just a uh, nice combination of things. Yeah, so I got a stomach ulcer, was told not to take any anti-inflammatories. This was a week after surgery. If I was a doctor, I'd be like, quit being a bitch, take the goddamn pills. Well, yeah. That's why you're not a doctor. So, I became I became very sick, was down to about 105 pounds. I was 130 going into surgery. Was very sick, would not want to move off the couch. <laughs> My mom took me to the doctor like three times to get blood tested because she thought I had some type of cancer, like leukemia or something like that. Because I was sick. No. You already kind of look like a sick guy. Well, yeah. Especially back then. Yeah. Now you're very more coachy. <laughs> so uh, that happened. And then basically my rehab after that was everything I did for the first one, but slowed down and just took my time since I knew I wasn't coming back to play. That's a very, very long story. How long did you not... Didn't you, like, not walk for the longest time? Like, how long was it till you started walking again? Till I started walking again? Um, without crutches, for my first one, it was, like, two weeks. For my second one, it was about four weeks. But I didn't... From when I hurt my hip to my last day of rehab, it was 523 days. It was not fun. It, I think I was six months from when I ran again. I think that's Damn, what it was. Yeah. Might have been longer. So I had to re- learn how to run. When I run now, on my left foot, if this is like your foot, there's a some tendon that connects your shin bone to your foot. That flexes it up and down. I don't know what it's, it's called. Plantar foot. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, something like that. It gets really tired, so I can't. When I run, my face slaps like this. That's the only thing that really lingers, and it hurts in the cold. But it's not. It's Ted's over here, you know, all academic-like. Yeah, I thought you were good at writing. Yeah, I thought you were smart at this. It's playing or something. I'll think of it. It's been a minute. It hasn't even been a year. Uh Uh-huh. I, you don't fucking... Nobody comes in, hey, dude, can you fucking work out the tendon that makes my foot go up and down? Can you? Can you? Well, first of all, it's a tendon, so no. Oh. But if the muscle... Yeah, like KD. KD has this ankle mobility and stuff. So, because he hurt his ankle, like, clearly, he's not going to be on his foot. So, you would need to re-strengthen the muscles to do normal functions, like walking, which... Is a lot of flexion of the foot and extension. So yes, it's very it's very simple. It's one of the easiest ones. Take the band, put it on your toes, gas pedal. Yes, you can strengthen. Because <laughs> like people, it's oh, <laughs> like when you get into your abs, right? People are like, oh yeah, work your abs. There's so many different muscles within your abs. Like is this a like, area. 
a class right now? Are we having class or are we having a podcast? Okay, just side note. Anyways, so, <laughs> so you have like abs, your abdomen, right? Yeah. Those are your abdominals. <laughs> you can you can hypertrophy. You can make the muscles bigger, right? But you have your transverse abdominus, which is the most. It's the deepest, right? The abdominals is more superficial. So your transverse abdominus is basically everything that sets proprioceptive awareness. You go reach up, grab a cup off the shelf. Your trans- transverse abdominus tightens, strengthens. It's all about stability. Now you can't hypertrophy it, can't make it grow bigger, but you can increase the stability with it. So that's like planks, both side planks, or even like if you do ISO holds, like in the front squat, and we hold down there, strengthening your transverse abdominus. All right. Yep. All right. Well, continue. So I got some serious questions, clearly, and some fucking fuck around questions, but. Max, me and you have gotten to know each other very well over the process of coaching. Mm-hmm. And Max is a very Nick Saban type of coach. As far as the mindset of coach is a very psychological, right? We've talked about that a few times. What made you want to kind of make coaching a career? Because you're, you're studying education here. But being a kicker, kickers are fucking weirdos. Yeah. He's the most normal kicker I've ever met yeah. in my entire life. But kickers usually have no idea what's going in depth on the other sides of the ball, offensive defense. Max is probably, I mean, one, he's Watts' right-hand dog. He'd kick Bo out. Bo's gone. <laughs> Don't tell Bo. <laughs> Max is fucking running the sticks in the meetings. And he also knows what's going on on the defensive side as far as scheme and offensive side. So how did you come to the conclusion, like, hey, I want to fucking know football? So before I came – before I hurt myself, I had no idea what was going on. I was fairly decent at NCAA 14. Um, I kicked Cole's ass every goddamn night. Not every time, but most of the time he did win. Fun fact, I wasn't going to bring up Schuster because every single episode we've heard – Damn it. I've heard about (laughs) Schuster – Scored 96 points on him in NCAA. Five-minute quarters. Um, so back to your question. Thinking about why I wanted to get in coaching, I've thought about this a lot when people were to ask me this and what I would say. And honestly, going back, my dad always coached my brother in sports, and I always wanted to help out. So just I was around sports all the time. My dad's an attorney. My mom's in education, so I was never really in a coaching family. My grandpa was the defensive coordinator at Capitol the year before they won the national championship. Interviewed for the head coaching job at Xavier. Was about to take it. Denied it. A year later, they got rid of the football program. That's really the only coaching I have in my family. Um, But I didn't want to leave the game after I got hurt. I wanted to stay around it and learn as much as I could. And I kind of fell in love with it in a different way. So that's when I go to bed, I think about football because it's what makes me happy. So yeah. Now being compared to Nick Saban, though, that's a that's that's a. Well, I'm talking like ideology. My ideology is a little different. Not Nick Saban. Yeah. I'll motherfucking kid. Yeah. But Max is like, let's play with the psyche a little bit, and I don't think about that at all. Well, because here's the thing: I. Urban Meyer majored in psychology. He's a fuck. But his coaching philosophy is all psychological. 
And he's a fuck. How many championships does he have? It doesn't matter. Deny you're, he's not a good coach. If you're a fuck. I'm, I don't even know if he's a good coach. Some could say you're if, a fuck because you'd motherfuck kids. I have a, but I have a fucking, I have a line. I have a line, cross it sometimes, but if you reach me that <laughs> Exactly! <laughs> but I like Nick Saban, like, I mean, just talking to Owen, nobody player wise liked Nick Saban. Or, uh, fucking Meyer. Or Meyer. Yeah, but he won games. And I, I guess you think about it from the standpoint of, yeah, that's his job, win games, but also, like, you're there for the kids. And if you can, if none of your fucking players like like you or can have a good relationship with you, like that's pretty fucking shitty. I think so. And I think the like Tim Tebow, I think he only had a good relationship with Tim Tebow because Tim Tebow was winning fucking games and was in that weird transition period where college football was changing. But he didn't give a fuck about Aaron Hernandez. He didn't give a fuck about Cam Newton. Well, it's a, probably a, a good thing he didn't give a fuck about Aaron Hernandez. Somebody needed to. That's another thing, too. It's like somebody probably needed to give a fuck about Aaron Hernandez. And Urban Meyer, shit hit the fan. He's like, all right, I'm out of here. I'll fuck. I got a brain thing that I can't fucking coach anymore. Oh, shit, Ohio State's up and up. Yeah, I'm from Ohio. Oh, shit, here's another brain thing. No, dude. That is a sketchy motherfucker. Now, Saban, Saban's a little different. I do think he does some illegal shit. <laughs> Every coach does. Let's be real. Not every coach, baby. The big time coaches, if there's some Mike Leach, fuck no. You're just you're, opi- you're so opinionated. I love Mike. Leach. To where yeah, you're like, oh, I love this guy. He I would never Mike do Leach. anything wrong. Mike Leach isn't there mentally enough to do illegal shit. Okay. He might accidentally. Why do you drop- think he's not there mentally enough? He's probably done too much illegal shit. Nah. <laughs> Mike Leach might accidentally drop a hundred dollar bills on a cruising visit, fell out of his pocket. He forgot about it. That's my point. Every coach does something. No, Nick Saban will slide it. Mike Leach accidentally dropped it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it do. doesn't matter how you do it. It's the fact that it's still illegal. In a court of law, I'm be like, well, sir, I'm sorry. $100 bill fell out of my pocket. Well, they can't arrest you. Oh, all right. So we're – I don't want to ask what your end goal is, but do you have an idea of where you want to go? After because I know like you do five education, plan, like a five-year plan almost. Not necessarily a five-year plan. The GA life is hard. Like we all know that it's horrible shit. Yeah. You planning to stick around here? You want to go higher and be like an actual GA out the gate? Like what is your plan? And also, like, do you want to be an offensive coordinator? Do you want to be a defense coordinator? Do you want to coach? Like, what is? Where's your spot? Like, what do you want to be your niche? Mm-hmm. So, I've been thinking about this a lot recently because if I want to be a GA, the time is in the next two months. If I want to stay here, I can stay here and not really have to do that much because right. I know I'll get hired as an intern. If I want to teach, I don't really have to do that much. I just go get a job and coach high school football. So, what I, I've made a rule myself. Within the, after I graduate, I'm giving myself five years in the GA circuit. If I don't get a full-time job within five years, I'll teach and coach high school football. Which, I mean, GA is usually GA one, maybe one and a half. Yeah. Exactly. So if I, don't, if I don't have a full-time job five years after I graduate, then I'll go and teach and coach football. Um, oh, I feel as though since I've been a student coach here, I've built up my resume 
to where I basically have one of cumulative one year being a GA. So I feel as though that sets me apart from other people that are my age or trying to get a GA now to where I won't have to, I'll be picked up if somebody leaves. If I go to like UC and get a GA spot there, if the offensive coordinator leaves, go get a head coaching job, I feel as though my resume is good enough and better enough and my work ethic is better than enough for him to take me with him before I even get my master's, which is really my goal, is to get picked up. Before. I don't really care about the master's degree. I want to be, have a full-time position as fast as I can. Do you think you'd be able to fire people? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Guys you've coached with for five, six years. Prawl came in and sat down. You were the head coach. Would you be able to fire Prawl? Yeah. Uh, no. I think so. Fire Tony. Could you do it? Yeah. I think so. I don't think I would do anything enough to warrant being fired. That's not the point. I, the other thing is, like, I used to be a really, really nice guy, and now I don't really care what people think about me. Welcome to the world, man. Yeah. So it's better to live it that way. Yeah, exactly. Now, now you know if I know why be, I was an asshole. Yeah, you're just yeah. Yeah, but sometimes you're too much of an asshole. Yeah, if it gets if it comes on to it, it'll probably be hard. But I think I'll be able to do it. I think like, I don't know like bringing up the whole thing with Prawl. I know I would have a hard time. Like Prawl would have had to have really fucked up. It's kind yeah. of funny that we're using him as like a fuck up, but I, I don't know. But your end is to be a. Collegiate head coach. Yep. D1. Mm-hmm. My dream job is to be Iowa State head coach. Oh. Dream job. Come back to the Buckeyes. Yep. So you want to be Urban Meyer. Be careful with your brain. Apparently, fucking weird shit gets developed. Ryan Day is fine right now. Huh? Ryan Day is an ugly Technically, coach. it developed at University of Florida. Yeah. yeah technically. Like, he was born here. No, I know, but the brain... Thing technically developed. I don't even know where his tree is. So he was GA at Ohio State, then was receivers coach at Notre Dame, then I think went somewhere else as support staff. His first head coaching job was actually Bowling Green State University. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was there for like two years, brought that program to the up and up, had college game day there actually. Really? And one of the analysts, I can't remember who it was, said it was the best game day atmosphere he's ever witnessed. He then went to Utah, uh, yeah. won a couple of New Year's Six Bowls there, then Florida, then ESPN, then Ohio State, he is now Fox. He's on Fox. He is. He makes fun of college game day. What a fuck. Well, what I'm t- talking about. Big noon kickoff, my personal opinion, is better than college game day. It's more football. Tyler Schuster. Oh, I don't geez. like to talk about it. Explain y'all's friendship. If he died right now, would you be sad? Oh, yeah. He, so I get more views. <laughs> <laughs> funny story actually is when he came here, my summer going into a freshman year, we had junior day. I came up to help work at freshman all and flip. So flip this kid named Tyler Schuster from Big Walnut came. Fat as shit. Yeah. Smelled like cheese and freedom. And he, he came <laughs> he came here, it's like, yeah, I'm a kicker. We looked at Flip and I looked at each other and we're like, what? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to kick and then I'm also going to do linebacker reps. Maybe it was tight end. Did not fucking it could be tight end. He, did, he took some type of skill position reps during junior day, as well as kicking. He's kicking, he's missing everything. He moved it back like 50, was like 10 yards short. It's like, man, I don't, 
don't know what's going on. I don't know why. Like, usually I'm not kicking like this. And Flip and I were like, who is this kid? We hate him. Truly did not like him. Found out he was my little on the football team. I'm like, God damn it. And then, he, he, I don't know how to explain it. He's a, uh, might have the biggest heart I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, Schuster's. And is maybe one of the funniest kids I ever, I've known. He is uh, hilarious. Hunter Coyle takes the Tyler Schuster's See, but you gotta like, live with Coyle and be around Coyle a lot to understand. No, Schuster's how. funny. He's just clumsy funny. Yes. Sometimes he says stuff because he's so dumb that he doesn't realize that we are laughing at him, not with him. Yes. Yes. Which and I think like he understands 95% that. 95% of the time. I think he knows that people sometimes laugh at him, but he has thick enough skin to not yeah. care. And that's, like, the best part about this Yes. Team, I think. Find guys that have thick enough skin to... I'm actually really... I don't want to say I'm glad you got hurt, because that would be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I think your role, especially in the past year and a half, has really transformed to what it is now. It's a very important role. Yeah. For somebody who's been here, too, like, as long as you have, and, like, you've seen, you know, it, like, we've all... It's also all of us, but you almost have, like, a step ahead of some of us. We come in as immature freshmen who think we know everything when really we don't know shit. But you have grown a lot more than 90% of our class because of the fact, I'd say even higher than that, because of the fact that you kind of took that role and you you made the most of it. You took that opportunity. It's like what we talked about last week. Is making You made the most of that opportunity that you were given and matured and grew as a person. And you keep going. And then, so my last thing is, what is your advice to players – Kids, anyone really in any type of situation where the adversity hits, they don't know what to do, where to go, and what their next move would be. Advice to someone going through adversity. For me, it was always looking forward to things. Um, my sophomore year, I was actually thinking about transferring to the Ohio State University and coaching at my High school, basically. Um, was literally looking up how to transfer to Ohio State. Just called my mom, tell her I'm going to do it. Um, but then I kept going to practice, and I realized, and we got to actually the senior moment. And I'm sitting there, and like, I, I want to do this when I'm a senior. Um, to, as something as little and as not really stupid, but like something as little as that, that's what I clung on to, and that's why... That's basically why I didn't transfer. It's because I want to have that moment when I'm a senior of showing what I've done looking back at my past. So if someone going through adversity, I would just say find something that you want to do in the next year or two and just keep that as your goal. And however the cookie crumbles is how it crumbles. Shout out Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. Max, what is your favorite type of alcoholic beverage to consume? He is of 21. He is of age. Max is of age. I was there when I was We went to Clancy's. Oh, yeah. Me, you, and Nate. You almost oh, fucking yeah. died walking back, slipping on ice. Um, big Mick Ultra guy. My grandpa drinks it. My dad, my mom drinks it. Um, light beer. Any type of light beer? Yeah. Heavy beer doesn't sit well on my stomach. I can only drink like one or two. God damn it. Um, big fan of Budweiser, though. Um, five years from now, you're going to be gluten-free. I just got to fucking feel it. All right.
That is a wrap on episode 7 of the Roughnecks podcast. Huge shout out to Chase's Custom Designs. Uh, if you ever need any shirts or even masks made, make sure you hit them up. They're on Instagram. Or hit up Max. Max or hit up Max. Too. Yeah, Max works too. That works too. Uh, you can find that on Instagram at Chase Custom Designs. Make sure you go follow us on Instagram as well at Roughnecks Podcast. And be sure to enter in our first ever giveaway. Um, please, please, please do us a favor. And wherever you are listening to this, make sure you leave a honest review and rating. And I really mean honest. If you think this podcast is shit, then please tell us that. We want any feedback we can get to help make our podcast more enjoyable for you guys. We appreciate everything you guys do. Next week should feature the Ohio State, former Ohio State player, finally. Uh, hopefully we can figure out those schedules and get that on here. You can even call him former. Why? He was a BRB. Yeah, okay. Okay. He'll play that next week. So make sure you tune in for that episode. But for now, Roughnecks out. Later, chicklets.